This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's going on, everybody? Brennan Schaefer back with another episode of B Shafe Daily. Here we go. Cardinals into the postseason, clinching in the final game of the year against the Milwaukee Brewers. Interestingly enough, though, the way everything else falls, the Brewers make the playoffs as well, despite not spending a single day of the year with a better than 500 record. Milwaukee 29 and 31. They sneak in. The Reds are in. Cardinals are in as well. And of course, the Cubs, champions of the NL Central this year. Not a whole lot to worry about from that point of view. If you're the Cardinals, division doesn't matter. At least you got in. Cubs do get the benefit, if you call it that, of facing the Miami Marlins, though the Marlins have never lost a postseason series. Both times they've been in the playoffs in their history, they ended up taking home the World Series both in 1997 and 2003, the year of Steve Bartman. So some ghosts to revisit for the Cubs from that perspective during this series. But for the Cardinals, it's going to be the San Diego Padres, and St. Louis will take on the Dads, In San Diego, that series will be a road series for the Cardinals. And we're here to break down the matchup, break down the pitching perspective as it goes for St. Louis. We know who the starters will be for that series. And kind of take a look at how well the Cardinals might match up with this Padres team. I know it's not really a series that a lot of people are giving the Cardinals much of a chance in. The Padres are one of the more popular Uh, picks to make some noise they have been throughout this season and now that you see the matchups you say oh well the Cardinals have to face them in the first round that's kind of a a tough draw and I would agree that it is I think the Padres it could be argued are the second best team in the National League behind only the Dodgers but they played in the same division and so because of that the Padres end up as the number four seed in the National League playoff picture Cardinals are the fifth seed and so they match up with San Diego in the first round but let's take a look into it. For the Cardinals, it's going to go like this. Kwon Young Kim, the lefty, the rookie, is going to be their Game 1 starter. And behind him, it'll be Adam Wainwright in Game 2. And if Game 3 is required, it'll be Jack Flaherty. So probably not the way you figured the Cardinals would line things up. If you if you were told on, you know, in February or even in July, when Kwon Young Kim was announced as the Cardinals' closer to start the season, which... Didn't make a lot of sense at the time, but also for that time, they didn't really have a whole lot of, in my opinion, better choices because I was not anti-Carlos Martinez into the rotation at the time. It obviously, in retrospect, did not pan out for Martinez this year, but at the time, I thought it made a lot of sense. I just didn't agree with Kim necessarily as the closer, and then when you found out that Miles Michaelis was going to be out for the year anyway, you could have moved KK right back out of the closer role. For some reason, Mike Schilt and the Cardinals were reluctant to do that, but once they did move KK into the rotation where he belonged, he shined. He was excellent, had a 3-0 record this season with a 1.62 earned run average, and he's going to face a San Diego team that hasn't ever seen him before, and I think that could be a benefit to the Cardinals in Game 1. 
another benefit for St. Louis when you look at the matchups and the tendencies of this Padres club, we know what they are offensively. We know how good they can be and how good they've been. But they do hit righties better than lefties. And so to throw a lefty out in game one, that could turn the tide of the series before it really even gets started. In such a short series, you know it's best two out of three in this wild card round. And so to be able to throw out a lefty against a team with you know, better numbers against righties, I think that's a benefit in game one, and I agree with the Cardinals doing it. I know some of the underlying stats for KK, if you believe in FIP and some of the other metrics, uh, would say he, he pitched above his head this year with the ERA below two where it's been. Uh, but I, I think for for me, for my money, it's something I mentioned way back when, when we talked about Kim, what would it be like, especially when you could look at the schedule this year and recognize that if you're playing only central teams, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he fares the first time each of those central teams gets a look at him. And for the most part, even when, when teams got to look at him for a second second time, I don't know that he faced anybody three times, but if he did, he still had good numbers. He had really one bad start the entire season. I believe it came against the Reds. He gave up four runs. Otherwise, he was lights out in all of his starts. And now he's going to face a Padres team that, you know, they're good either way. You're talking about an OPS difference and against lefties. They're in like the 760 range, but against righties, it's even better. It's like 815 with a 478 slug against righties. And so if if you're KK and you're deceptive and you're able to maybe keep these guys kind of on their toes and, and not in their comfort zone as much as they would be against a righty to start the series off, you could, I mean, you, you could potentially mess those guys up mentally for another game or two, and that's all you really need. If you can get one good start out of KK, you know, six innings, one or two runs, be able to, to to mount some runs if you're the Cardinals offense, which I know has been a challenge for them the entire season, and that's something you're gonna you're gonna have to do in this series because you know you're not gonna keep San Diego off the board for three games, and you may not do it for two, and if you don't, you're out of the the postseason at that point. So scoring runs is going to be paramount for St. Louis, obviously. Padres have not yet announced their lineup as far as starting pitchers for this series. They're waiting to see if Mike Clevenger can potentially go and work through the injury he's dealing with. I believe it's an elbow situation, so kind of surprising that he would even have an opportunity to, to potentially go. But they've got a loaded pitching staff as well. I mean, their their pitchers were ranking in the top five in, in earn run average as well throughout Major League Baseball. Denelson Lamette has had a great season, ERA of 209. Zach Davies, 273. Chris Paddock has been their worst starter, but I would have said coming into the year that he's their best. ERA at 4.73, but in one game, Chris Paddock would certainly be a guy who scares me. And then you've got Mike Clevenger, who they picked up at the trade deadline. Into their bullpen, they've got Drew Pomeranz operating as uh, kind of their closer. They haven't really um, had one consistent guy throughout the season. Trevor Rosenthal is also somebody in that mix right now after they traded for him. He's been lights out since being acquired by San Diego. So those are kind of two of the guys at the back end of their bullpen. They've got a great pitching staff. It's going to be a challenge for the Cardinals. It's really going to be one of those things where Cardinals offense either shows up or it doesn't. I don't think there's going to be a lot of middle ground. They're going to be able to to get enough to support their pitchers, or they may not score a run in the series. Like Neither of those outcomes would surprise me a, a great amount because we know that's kind of the way the Cardinals have operated throughout this season. They've been pretty all or nothing. If they find a way to be all instead of nothing, they're going to win this series. Because I think what you're going to get from your pitchers 
is going to be it's going to keep you in the games, but it's not it's not it's not going to be magic. It's not going to change the rules of baseball to dictate that you don't actually have to score runs to win. You know, they can keep San Diego off the board all they want, and it's going to be a challenge to do that because you've got guys like Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Will Myers has had a great season for them. Eric Hosmer's been very good. Tommy Pham might be able to to contribute in this series despite having some injuries and, and not his great season. You know he would love an opportunity to stick it to the Cardinals, especially in the playoffs. This guy, I mean, this is what this guy lives for. So it's going to be tough for Cardinals pitching, but I like that you can start out with KK. Wainwright, man, I think it's either going to be a gem or he's going to be he's going to give up five runs. I, I I just don't know that there's going to be a lot of in between. Um, and then you know Flaherty, if you if you get to that point and you need him for game three, what are you going to get from Flaherty with with the season on the line in that situation? I think the the Padres, you know, there's no reason to sugarcoat it. They match up they match up favorably with the Cardinals because they're going to match up favorably with anybody. They're really good. They they were a team. I didn't pick them in the preseason to win the World Series, but I picked them to make the playoffs for sure. And you know they they were a team that I felt like could make a little bit of a run. Now obviously the playoffs, we know it's a 16 team format and things kind of differed from what you might have anticipated back in March or February. But you look up and down at the roster, San Diego. There's a lot of reasons people like them to to make a run and, and potentially a deep run here in this postseason. But as the Cardinals have said, all it takes is getting in, get in the get in the matchup, get in the the, the field, and you never know what you could could be able to accomplish. And that's kind of where the Cardinals, I think, have to take this thing. You have to you have to have a positive mentality, have a mentality that you're going to go out there and take good at bats and score runs and be able to advance to a five-game series because then, you know, you can kind of take catch your breath a little bit and it's not going to come down to, you know, the, the margins in the playoffs are always really small, but at that point you've got a little bit more margin for error, whereas right now if you come into this game one and you think KK is going to be the secret weapon and then he's not, yeah, the series might be over at that point because it's for whoever loses game one, it's going to be really difficult. But I think one thing that benefits the Cardinals, I mentioned having a lefty going, a guy that they haven't seen, a guy who is deceptive by nature. That's the way he pitches. And so I think that's a benefit to the Cardinals in game one. But I think across the board, you can kind of project San Diego to have the benefit outside of that one little nugget. You know, whoever they throw in, in game one, game two, and game three, I think I would end up saying they probably win the pitching matchup, almost no matter what. Wainwright's been very good for the Cardinals, and I love that veteran presence. But also, you know, if 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 he's not completely on his game, there's going to be room for some balls to leave the yard. Maybe that's another benefit, though. You look at the perspective of what ballpark are they playing in. Petco Park is uh, it plays big. It's a big outfield. And so if you're worried about home runs, you know, Wainwright potentially if, if – he doesn't throw the velocity that he once did. And so if you're looking at a situation where a guy gets a hold of a ball, it's probably going to leave the yard. Well, maybe not at Petco. So that could be an advantage to the Cardinals. In KK, certainly I think that plays into his strengths because he's a guy who I talked about the FIP and the metrics not necessarily favoring him as much as the uh, the surface statistics like ERA and his, his win-loss record would indicate. A lot of that, I think, comes from some of the hard-hit balls he's given up because there have been several of them, especially throughout his early starts, I noticed. They were hitting warning track power all the time against KK. But the balls, 
stayed in the yard for flyouts instead of home runs, and his numbers benefited because of it. Now, you take that same strategy and same mindset of the way this game at Petco could potentially play out, you take your chances. If he's able to, you know, guys don't quite square him up, even if they hit some hard contact, you could potentially have a lot of flyouts. Petco is a park where flyouts, you know, can definitely take place instead of home runs because of how big it plays. So possibly another benefit for the Cardinals. But, you know, when it comes down to the matchup, like I said, I think game one favors them. Even if you face Clevenger, even it doesn't matter who you face, you're going to have to get game one because I think you're throwing your most sensible option in KK. A lot of people wondering, well, why is KK a rookie who, you know, you weren't familiar with even three months ago before he had really gotten his feet wet with the Cardinals in, in the regular season? Why is he the option over Jack Flaherty to pitch in one of the first two games? Jack Flaherty is your ace. He was the best pitcher in baseball the second half of last season. Is that really the right move that you could potentially have a scenario where you get eliminated from the postseason and Jack Flaherty doesn't ever throw a pitch? I mean, that's what it looks like if the Cardinals lose their first two games. But, I mean, if you look at what Jack Flaherty's been this season, this is a winner-take-all one-game scenario, you know, one-series scenario. You're still willing to throw him in game three with the season on the line. But if you're able to get it done in one and two, I think KK, I I don't disagree with KK and Wainwright being the options there. I don't know that you could say they're better options. Jack Flaherty has a will to win. He would love to be on the mound for any of these games. I'm sure if he gets the chance, he's going to, going to take it and give you his best. But the one good start Flaherty has had recently was against the, the pirates where he struck out 11. San Diego Padres are not the pirates. You can't, you, you know, you're not going to be able to have the wiggle room against San Diego that he had against Pittsburgh to have a, a good start there two starts ago. Struggled against the Brewers. Obviously had the worst start of his career against the Brewers a few weeks back, two or three weeks ago, whenever that was. And then his most recent start against the Brewers was just kind of so-so. I think KK is the right choice. And when it comes down to, you'd say, well, 2020 could end without one of these two guys making an appearance in the playoffs, which one would you rather throw, Wainwright or Flaherty? I'm going to have my money on Wainwright right now because he's had the better year. I don't know if that's the right choice. We could, I mean, Wainwright could get shelled in, in game two. They could be down 1-0 after a loss in game one, and that could be the season. But I, it's not such a difference for me that I'm afraid of, you know, that I'm fearful of that outcome playing out. I think that you go with, you know, you could make the argument you go with the guy that's got you here, too. And in 2020, that's been Adam Wainwright more so than it's been Jack Flaherty. Wainwright has pitched by far the most innings of this Cardinals pitching staff. He's also made the most starts, so that's kind of to be expected. But when you had that COVID shutdown and the Cardinals had to come back from that and, you know, the, the pitchers were not really in a position to be able to be stretched out, and they had to they had to fill innings one way or the other. Adam Wainwright was a big part of being able to get the Cardinals through that because he didn't really have that situation where you the Cardinals decided we've got to be careful with him and like they did with Flaherty multiple starts in a row. He wasn't he was on a pitch count. Adam Wainwright really never had that. He comes back after the COVID shutdown and throws five innings of one run baseball in an important two nothing win for the Cardinals over the White Sox. I believe that was one of the doubleheader games. I could be wrong about that. But he gets through five innings, 
in his first game back and then go seven, seven, nine, six and a third, six, seven, five and two thirds, six and two thirds. Wainwright has been consistent in every single outing this season going deep into games. And Flaherty has been a little bit more of a wild card. And so I'll take my shot on, on Wainwright. I really will. Uh, if you're really desperate, I you know you could go to Flaherty and out of the bullpen. You could do anything you want if you're Mike Schilt. I think they'll probably want to have Flaherty reserved for that game three start. But anything goes really when you get into this postseason series and it's two games wins it. Like Austin Gomber to me should have a really valuable role in this series because you think about the matchups that can be exploited. He could be a multi-inning reliever. It could be a deal where if KK goes six. I'm okay with Austin Gomber being the first guy out of my bullpen in game one to go two innings if, if that's what needs to happen, if the matchups dictate. And then you could have Andrew Miller be the closer in that game. Really, you could throw all lefties. The lefties are going to be so important. Henesis Cabrera is another name. If that's, a, if that's the way you can approach this, I'm cool with it because I, I think you got to take whatever advantage you can muster and, and exploit whatever matchups you can. Because this is a really good team, and you're gonna, it's gonna have to be all systems go, throw the kitchen sink at them, and, and potentially that's what it is. You've got lefties on this roster. I mentioned their names already: Henesis, Austin Gomber, as a guy who just started a game and could potentially go. I mean, he could go four innings really if you needed it. I don't know what scenario would dictate that because you you probably want your starters to get deep for you if if they're pitching well. But if you're in a situation where you're down three to one after four. In game two, and it's a, you know, it's season on the line, and Wainwright just has been laboring. Maybe he doesn't look right. I wouldn't hesitate to go to a guy like Gomber to potentially say, "Hey, get us to the end of this game, keep us in it, because we're going to have to, our, you know, our offense is going to have to pick us up." But from from the pitching side, I think there are a lot of ways that the Cardinals could maneuver, and I hope they're willing to be gutsy. I hope they're willing to be creative because that that might end up being what it takes if you're going to get this done against what is, by all accounts a superior San Diego Padres team. Offensively, the Cardinals, they don't have, you know, they don't have the slugging that San Diego has. They don't have a lot of things that San Diego has as far as from the, from the hitting perspective. But if you're, if you're in this ballpark and home runs are going to be more difficult to come by anyway, based on the way the ballpark plays, Cardinals are going to have to to play to the strength that they claimed and hoped they would have. I don't know that you could say that consistency offensively is a strength and moving, getting the line moving and, and stacking singles and base running. The Cardinals wanted to be that kind of team. But when you have batting averages of Carpenter below 200, Tyler O'Neill below 200, Bader 226, Paul DeYoung 250, you know, even, even Colton Wong, the OBP was there for Wong again this year, 350, but but didn't do any slugging. And so for the Cardinals, it's going to take guys like Wong, guys like, you know, obviously Goldsmith's going to have to contribute, but it's going to, they're going to have to kind of beat the Padres with a million paper cuts. You know, they're going to have to be smart on the bases, string some hits together. Kind of think about the way the Cardinals came back against the Dodgers in the one game at Dodger Stadium. Game one, I want to say 2014 of that postseason series where it was just one inning that just killed Kershaw because they had base hit after base hit after base hit. And then, you know, the floodgates can open with the big Matt Carpenter double and the holiday home run after Kershaw leaves the game. That's going to have to be the way the Cardinals win. I don't know that you're going to bludgeon this team to death with the long ball because that's more their strength. 
That's more their strong suit. Cardinals have got to take good at bats, and they can't let two bad innings. Uh, you know, they can't they can't have two bad innings turn into four to five to nine. They've got to find a way. Whether it's the fourth inning and you haven't gotten anything going offensively, that's got to be the inning that you you get it going. The fifth, that's got to be the inning that you get it going. They've got to stay consistent in their approach, which is the thing they talk about so much. But if I'm being honest, we haven't seen enough of it from them this season on a consistent basis. But if they can find a way to do that and generate offense more regularly throughout a game and throughout a series, and it's not just the one inning, it's not just a home run here, a solo shot there, and hope that's enough, that's not the way I think the Cardinals are going to win if they're going to beat San Diego. So we'll wait and see. It's going to be fun. Tomorrow it's going to be Wednesday, game one. We know it's going to be Kwon Young Kim. Not exactly sure who it's going to be yet for the Padres. Regardless, though, the task will be the same for St. Louis. Man, if I'm being asked to give a prediction on this series, like you look at the betting lines, and I'll, and I will, I'm, I'm, you can hold me to the wall here before I get out of this uh, podcast. I will say, make sure to subscribe to the show, Be Shafe Daily, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, are all places you can find us and leave a review as well. Would love to have that added. I know Apple Podcasts has that. I'm sure the other places as well. You can leave reviews if you're enjoying the show. Hopefully it's it's doing podcasts throughout a long postseason run for the Cardinals over the next month or so. Remains to be seen. It's all going to start, though. If, if that happens, it's going to start in San Diego on Wednesday. So would love to have you guys along for the ride. But if I'm giving a prediction, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, it's definitely an underdog mentality. It's definitely going to take something special over the next few days from the Cardinals to be able to get this done. But I'm going to say the Cardinals find a way. I'm going to say their pitching is is going to be what it's basically been for them all year in games one and two. If it comes down to a game three, I almost like the Padres better to flip it back in their favor given the struggles of Flaherty. So I'm going to go ahead and call a Cardinals sweep. I'm going to say they win the first two games and that's it. If the Padres find a way to win one of the first two, my, my vote changes. I say the Padres end up winning... Even if it's one-to-one, I, I like the Padres going into that third game. As of now, that's the way I'm thinking. If the Cardinals are going to do it, they're going to have to take San Diego by surprise in game one. I believe in Kwon Young Kim to be able to be the kind of guy that can make that happen. And then you've got him reeling. You've got him right where you want him. And Wainwright goes and gives a, a performance for the ages in game two. And then you've got it. I mean, the series is over at that point. It, it's, it can happen so quick. This series can turn on a dime. That's why that first game is so important. I like the way the Cardinals are aggressively lining up their pitching for that game, and so I'm going to pick them to win the series 2-0. Once again, if the Padres win a game, they're going to win the series. Can't let them win a game. Can't let them find that swagger, find that confidence. I'm going to say the Cardinals find a way to do it and then potentially line up for a really interesting series against the Los Angeles Dodgers in the second series of this uh, postseason. That'll be for the NLDS. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, We'll see if we have anything pregame as far as a podcast Wednesday. I know the game is during the day, so we'll probably have a a, a reaction podcast by Wednesday night after that game is over. Um, Here we are, folks. We're in the postseason. This is what the Cardinals have been playing for. A lot of people maybe wondered whether they'd get here. I never wavered. I said that one game in the doubleheader against Pittsburgh, if they lost that first game... That was a couple of weeks ago. If they had lost that game, that was going to be the first moment I flipped and said they wouldn't get there. Otherwise, I was pretty steadfast thinking the Cardinals would find a way to make the playoffs because everybody did. 16 teams, I, I, I consider that everybody worthy of making it made it. And then maybe some teams that weren't that worthy, but they're in it anyway. 
Cardinals, though, they were the fifth seed. And so you think about they would have made this postseason even if they hadn't expanded it, even if it was 10 teams. So I think there's something to be said for that. Padres still would have been their opponent in, in a wild card game. At least this time they get three games to try to take down the Padres. Uh, so a little bit of margin for error. But like I said, I don't think there's a lot of margin because if the Padres do find a way to win a game, I think they win them both or at least two out of three to take down the Cardinals. So that's where we're at. It's going to be a really interesting series. Uh, thank you guys once again for being along for the ride. And we will talk to you tomorrow, if not before the game, definitely after the game to wrap things up between the Cardinals and Padres. Everybody enjoy game one and we'll talk to you soon.